You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 18th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. Pat, a lot to get into, my man. Um, let's start with Ohio State at Indiana this Saturday after the Buckeyes off week this past week. Buckeyes favored by 20 and a half points over the Hoosiers. And according to ESPN's Football Power Index, great football power index, Ohio State has a win probability of 90.3%. All that sounds about right to you. Favored by 20 and a half, win probability right around 90%. Well, with the way Indiana's playing of late, I guess that makes sense. Coming into the year, I thought this was going to be one of the, you know, circle the calendar type of games with the way Indiana played Ohio State last year and, and what we expected. Indiana came into the season, preseason, a top 20 team, I think, if I remember correctly. So yeah. this looked like a game that was going to be one of the, the more interesting on Ohio State's schedule. And obviously... Indiana comes out and loses big to Iowa, and it's been a disappointing season in Bloomington. I do still think that this is probably going to be closer, and and we'll obviously have our picks later in the week, and I haven't even gotten to to thinking about what score I'm going to do for for that. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's a little bit closer than that, just given, or or maybe the game plays out closer than that, just given it's it's at Indiana. This is obviously going to be a big game. For the Hoosiers, I imagine, as, as I said, I imagine a lot of people, Indiana fans, were, were looking forward to this and bought tickets for this game and whatnot. It's going to be a night game. So I do think you could probably see the best of the Hoosiers in this game, but this is not the Indiana team we thought we were going to see. They obviously don't have their quarterback in Michael Penix, not that he was playing great to begin with. So I'm not entirely surprised by the spread, but I won't be um, shocked if, if Indiana is able to make that more of a game, you know, maybe through three quarters or something and Ohio State pulls away late. We've seen that um, with the Buckeyes at times this year. Uh, but yeah, it's it's given what we thought about Indiana, what we thought we knew about Indiana and, and the direction of the program. I, I was a little surprised, but, you know, they have not had the season anyone expected. That's for sure. I thought they were going to be pretty good this year, too. Um, they're only 2-4 and four overall. They're 0-3 yeah. in the Big Ten. They've had some close games. I mean, they played Michigan State tough. They lost 20-15 to 15, um, a couple days ago. That was also in Bloomington. Um, here's the thing. I mean, I've watched them a lot this year. We'll get to their defense in a minute. Their offense without Michael Penix, and he wasn't really playing that well even before he got hurt. But their offense now with Jack Tuttle, who for the listeners that don't know, Jack Tuttle is the reason Chris Olave is at Ohio State right now. Jack yep. Tuttle was Chris Olave's high school quarterback. And when they went out there to recruit Jack Tuttle, that's how they discovered Chris Olave. So Jack Tuttle started his career at Utah, uh, transferred to Indiana last year, uh, got some playing time late in the year after Penix got hurt last year. Penix hurt again. Now, they haven't said for sure Penix is out this week, but it sounds right. like he's going to be. I mean, during the broadcast of the Indiana-Michigan State game, Patrick, they mentioned um, one of the announcers let it slip that was another catastrophic injury for Michael Penix. That doesn't sound like he's going to miss one or two games. No. So 
Jack Tuttle is not good, is my point. This Indiana offense is not good. I thought the receivers were going to be good. Fry Fogel's dropping balls. But I'm telling you, man, this offense, again, we'll talk about their defense in a second, but this offense for Indiana is bad. Of course, Ohio State's defense hasn't been great, but this Indiana offense is pretty bad. Yeah, you touched on Ty Freifogel, and that was the first place I was going to go. This is, you know, one of, if not the best receiver in the country last year. And, you know, so far this season, 33 catches, 337 yards, one touchdown, which just uh, is amazing to me. I thought this was going to be a guy who was going to terrorize Big Ten defenses. Even after Michael Penix got hurt last year, he was still really good. So that's the biggest surprise on the offense for me. Indiana can't run the ball, um, you know, 3.4 yards per carry. Not not a good number for, for a team in the Big Ten. As you mentioned, 0-3 in the Big Ten is, is rough. This is a team that lost one regular season game last year. I mean, just not at all what anyone expected. Um, and, yeah, this offense can't move the ball the way that everyone thought they would. I, I, each week I, I keep thinking, okay, maybe this will be the week we really get to see Ohio State get tested. And it doesn't seem like Indiana's offense is going to test Ohio State's defense. Um, you know, and, and maybe it will be, like I said, one of those games where you know, the, the Hoosiers just kind of bring it all together and, and do put up a bigger fight. But, you know, it seems to me that that will happen on the other side of the ball. And maybe they're able to slow down the Buckeyes a little bit as opposed to this offense f- finally finding something after after weeks. And you did you did mention there's been some close games. I think they had it decently close against Penn State for a while. Um, but they also were close against Western Kentucky at the beginning of the season. So, uh, you know, I don't know what that says about about the Hoosiers. Uh, it's, it's just a mess over there right now. They looked like the better team when they played Cincinnati in the first half. They just couldn't punch mm-hmm. it in for touchdowns. They were turning the ball over, and then Cincinnati got in a roll and won that game by 14. Um, but in the first half, it looked like Indiana was going to win that game. They looked like the better team. And it's their defense. I've actually been impressed with their defense. They fly around. They hit you. They're physical. They return nine starters from defense from last year. And, you know, the results haven't been great on defense. But I'm telling you, just from watching them, um, I've been impressed with their defense. Now they're going to be facing the number one total offense in the country in the Ohio State Buckeyes. So they haven't seen anything like this. But I, I'm a, I've been impressed with their defense, though. I mean, their offense keeps putting them in bad spots. But this is not going to be a cakewalk, even for Ohio State's offense. Um, Ohio State does have the best offense in the country, like I said. But this Indiana de- defense, I have been impressed with it, Patrick. Yeah, statistically, you know, just look at the numbers here, middle of the road, Big Ten. But I do think, like you said, that, that they passed the eye test in terms of, you know, getting to the ball, making tackles. Um, you know, I don't I don't think they have a ton of turnovers. I'm trying to look that up here um, this season, but they have forced a few. So, yeah, I think I think this could be interesting. Um, I, it's probably as good as Ohio State has faced these last few weeks. Um, you know, Maryland Rutgers didn't didn't uh, slow down the Buckeyes much at all. So, you know, I think this Ohio State offense is is cooking right now. I do think that given the off week, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum. Um, so I'm not worried about this Indiana or the Indiana defense stopping Ohio State's offense. You know, maybe there are some drives that, that they don't end in touchdowns. I think, what was it, uh, against Maryland? Five of the first nine were touchdowns, and the only one that wasn't was a uh, end of half where they let the clock run out. So, uh, you know, like I said, this offense is cooking. I expect the Buckeyes will be ready for Indiana um, offensively. But you're right. If, if there's a way that Indiana keeps this close, I do think it's on the defensive side of the ball. Ohio State's offense, let's uh, talk more about that. Um, specifically, let's get in the running backs. Now, 
you had a VIP Intel that at uh, Marcus Crowley suffered an injury in practice last week. Hopefully it's not serious. It sounds like it might be though. What can you tell the listeners about uh, what you've heard about Marcus Crowley? Yeah. Like you said, it does sound like Marcus could miss a good amount of time. Um, I couldn't get anyone to confirm how serious the injury was, which is why I didn't want to, to put any sort of label on it. Um, we, we, I know he was hurt. I've got that confirmed in practice last week, which is unfortunate. Obviously, this is a kid who, you know, towards the end of his freshman season, tore his ACL against Maryland, missed pretty much all of last year, did play in that Alabama game. I think he had six carries kind of late in that game um, and has played pretty well this year, I, I, I thought. You know, hasn't had a ton of reps behind some of the other guys, but it does sound like Marcus Crowley could miss some time from, from what I heard. Again, I don't want to put any specifics on it just because – we couldn't get uh, exact injuries and, and whatnot. And obviously they're very careful with, with how much information gets out in injuries, but if he is out, which it does sound like he will be, hopefully Mayan Williams is back. I know you have written about that, Dave. Um, you asked Ryan day about it. It does sound like we should get to see Mayan Williams who remember started the season as the starting running back for the Buckeyes and has now missed the last couple of games um, with, without any, clarity on that but does sound like he should be back master teague obviously travion henderson's the starter there so they do have plenty of depth in that room evan Pryor's gotten some run late in games but yeah really unfortunate if marcus has to miss time um you know you you hope for the best with with a kid who's already gone through some injuries and and even had a setback last year which kind of delayed his return a little bit and uh you know he said and, and tony alford kind of agreed with him when we talked early in the season that uh, you know, Marcus wasn't himself in that uh, in that national championship game. Not just just hadn't played football in a while, you know over a year at that point. So hard to come back against a team like Alabama and look good. But I did think he'd recovered well. So hopefully this isn't anything all that serious, and he can still get back on the field and help the Buckeyes. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, a couple of things. I mean, I feel bad for the young man. Uh, hopefully it's not serious, but sounds like it is. And uh, I agree. I thought I thought he was playing well. I thought he was playing well as a true freshman two years ago, and I thought he was playing well this year. This is why you need depth at running back. And my goodness, I've never seen this type of depth at running back at Ohio State. There have been years where you're yeah. thinking, man, if the starter gets hurt, they're in big trouble. Um, I mean, this year you've got Travion Henderson, who is an absolute superstar as a true freshman. Um, you know, Master Teague right now is the backup. You mentioned Evan Pryor. He looks pretty good as a true freshman. Um, and now they're going to get Mayan Williams back. So it hurts losing Crowley just because you feel bad for him and, he, and he's a good back. But man, right this might not hurt the team that much. They're getting Mayan Williams back at a good time. From my understanding, Mayan was in the doghouse. They're never going to make that official. But when Ryan Day says things like, I can't get into specifics why he wasn't even in the stadium, you know, for the Maryland game, he wasn't nursing an injury. Injured players, as we all know, stand on the sideline during the game. And usually not in street clothes. They'll have at least have their uniform on and maybe like sweats on, you know, underneath that. But um, he wasn't even in the stadium. So... I think my sources are correct that uh, Mayan was in the doghouse. I don't think he was very happy about basically being demoted to third team. I don't think it was really much about Travion Henderson taking over as a starter. Suddenly, Master Teague was the backup, and Mayan Williams was relegated to third team duty. And I don't think uh, he necessarily handled that too well. And I don't necessarily fault him from what I understand. But um, I, I think Master Teague's a good running back. I think Mayan Williams is better. But the point is, Mayan Williams is coming back at a good time. Yeah, definitely. And and what a strange kind of situation it's been. Obviously, we talked a lot during the offseason about when Travion Henderson would take over this job, and it didn't take very long. But, you know, Mayan Williams begins the season as a starter, looks good, 
Um, you know, Master Teague doesn't even play in week two against Oregon. And then, you know, like you said, kind of demoted uh, Mayan Williams. So, yeah, as a kid, I can certainly understand um, why you would get frustrated and, and how that could could come come out negatively. But, you know, you, hopefully that that's been dealt with. Everything is is handled well. And now you can have this stable of running backs as as full as it can be. Um, like you said, Mayan Williams, talented player. And I think he's shown that this year. You know, you you and I have joked. I said in the off season that ten carries in his career weren't enough for me to uh, to say for sure that he was going to be the guy. Well, we certainly saw, and, and you've texted me during games or said to me when we've been together that he's got more than ten carries now. And he, you know, he certainly looks. He'd start for a lot of Big Ten teams, I guess I'd say that. And he did start for Ohio State to begin the season. So, you know, it's probably unfortunate that Travion Henderson just happened to walk through the door this year because. He's got plenty of talent. Travion Tenderson is just a, a special, special player and, and has earned the right to be the starter for the Buckeyes. I don't think anyone can argue against that, but good to have some options there at running back for sure. And I think Master Teague's played well. I just think Mayan Williams is better. Yeah, I, I mean, I really do. I think Master Teague, I'm glad he's a Buckeye. They're fortunate to have him, but I just think Mayan Williams is a step better. All right, let's look at the defense. Let's close the show looking at the defense. Specifically, Patrick, I'm going to get your thoughts on Maybe some of the changes you've seen from Matt Barnes, um, you don't have to get into like deep X's and O's, but just in general, because the biggest thing I'm seeing, just, just, just the biggest thing, it's again, passing the eye test. They look like an Ohio State defense now. They're running around. They might not always know what they're doing, but they're going to hit you. They're going to play fast. They're going to play like a silver bullet defense. That's what I'm seeing. Um, now, he hasn't really been tested, though, yet, Matt Barnes. What are your right. thoughts on Matt Barnes being the defensive coordinator of this team? Right. I, I like it. I do. Um, you know, I, I we'd heard about his X's and O's and, and the way he can teach things to guys. And I think you're starting to see that. Um, I do want to say props to Kerry Combs. We, we obviously put up the transcript from what he said last week, um, you know, really answering some some tough questions when he spoke to us last Tuesday. So I, I think when Ryan Day has said that it's been a collaborative effort, it really has. And I think Kerry Combs kind of addressed some of that and, and kind of taking his his new role and, and, and handling that. But I do think what they've done has been good. I think the fact that they've cut down the rotation for a lot of the positions, they've settled on guys, which I think you need to do, especially with so many young guys playing. Now these guys have experience and, and some of that happened naturally, especially at linebacker, <laughs> you know, some of the, you know, we saw guys depart the program, which meant they only had, I think seven scholarship linebackers. They've had some injuries to the position. So they've had to cut that down. They're not rotating as much in the secondary anymore. Um, that's counting so, Mitchell Melton, right? When you say seven scholarship linebackers, I think yeah, that, that's yeah, that counting counts. Mitchell Melton, who they even said he's out for the year, but yeah, he has not like he's out for the year. Yeah. He has not been dressed as far as I've seen in any of the games this year. I'm pretty sure, like you said, he's had his Jersey on, but he's been in, in sweats underneath that. They have six uh, linebackers. Then, they have six right. then, linebackers. Yeah. EA has been out as well. Um, you know, so they, they've had, to, you know, Seal Chambers has had to become a real linebacker. And you talked about looking like a silver bullet flying around, maybe not always knowing what you're doing. That's the first guy that came to mind because he's doing that. He's, you know, like Ryan Day said, or Kerry Combs said, I forget who it was see ball, get ball type of, type of player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, again, it's not perfect. He's still learning the position just like some of the other guys, but that's definitely what you want to see out of a, a young defense, especially. So I like that. I like some of the schematic things they're doing. They've, they've used their athletic defensive ends, dropping them into coverage and blitzing linebackers to bring pressure from different places. We talked about the two safety looks and, and things like that. So 
it's it's different. It's simplified. I think it's it's letting these guys go out and play, but still doing some different things to keep the offense off balance. And I do think we'll see more of that as they as they add more and and these guys continue to develop trust with the with the defensive staff. So I like what Matt Barnes has done. I like what this whole staff has done. As you said, though, and and Ryan Day's made this very clear throughout the year, they haven't accomplished anything yet. That they still will be tested. There's certainly going to be uh tougher offenses down the road and, and that will be when we really get a sense but i do think it's moving in the right direction hell we might not know till the playoffs like last year let's let's yeah. hope that's a problem that we get to have that uh, we get to the playoffs and uh notice oh ohio state's defense isn't isn't that good now that they're playing alabama um, <laughs> problem i want to have get to the national championship game great right. stuff out of patrick murphy really appreciate it patrick thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in the show Appreciate that very much as well. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.